Welcome to the Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the emotional content they provide to guide us in our spiritual journey to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. We are reading today on Acts 18, the first eight verses. As Paul travels from Athens to Corinth, he meets a Jew Aquila from Pontus, and he's traveled from Italy with his wife Priscilla. I love that there are so many women in the Acts of the Apostles responding to Paul, positively following, attentive, curious, very active, very successful. And this couple is traveling because Claudius has ordered that the Jews be sent out of Rome. This is such an important moment as Paul is moving from the Holy Land westwardly to Macedonia. Now he's in Athens and Corinth. He's about to come into Italy where even the Jews are being ordered out. It, it feels like this heat intensity that Paul is moving into this ball of fire almost. And I want to ponder today, how do we move into these kinds of places of deepest opposition? How do we move against our better instincts of our brain, this ancient brain that we have that is used to operating out of fear, flight or fight instincts, fear avoidance, pain avoidance, pleasure seeking. It's a very ancient and a very primitive set of responses. So how do we educate ourselves so that we're not operating simply from these primal instincts? How do we use our emotions, the emotional content? What do the emotions do for us? God gave them to us for a reason. And a lot of times I hear so many uh, guiding counselors tell us to avoid them, to not trust them, to push them aside. But I want to also consider that they contain information for us that we need to learn to attend to, name, and navigate in order to gain energy that they contain to move forward. They're not the reason for our actions. They are not the guide for our actions, but they contain information that can help us as we make a decision. But we have to do that consciously, and what happens is that our brains are wired to instant action-reaction when something in our environment happens. So we imagine Paul seeing that these people that are of the same trade as he is, they're tent makers, they're coming out of Italy, and that's where he's going. So he stays with them for a while, and I wonder what those conversations must have been like. We know he's there for a while because he says, the, the scripture continues every Sabbath, he would go into the synagogue attempting to convince Jews and Greeks. And he's working with them, and we know he's waiting for Silas and Timothy because when he was in Athens, he sends the escorts that accompanied him there to look for them. And we know that they arrive, and once they arrive, Paul can dedicate completely his time to preaching and testifying to the Jews that Christ was Jesus. So he doesn't have to work on his trade of tent-making and attend to whatever it is that Silas and, and Timothy can attend to so he can dedicate himself to teaching. And he's teaching there in Corinth, and there's full opposition. There's so much opposition that we hear that he's reviled. 
And he has a response. He shakes his, his garments and says, your blood be on your hands. I'm clear of responsibility. I've told you what to do. I have shown you the best way. This might, might be happening to you with one of your children. I've shown you the way. I've told you what to do. Maybe they are graduating. Maybe they have to move away. And they're not showing that they have developed the maturity or the expertise that is required to move on. We've done everything we can on our side. So we have to know when our field of work is complete and when we are done. And Paul is showing us that he is complete. He moves and Titus and Crispus, uh, another official from the synagogue, become Christians. So he is reaching the hearts of some. And again, do not measure the success of your enterprise by the numbers. Measure it by your obedience to the mission, by the clarity with which you are following what you have been entrusted. And maybe it doesn't look successful. Maybe your son or your daughter is not responding the way you want. You continue on mission because you can only do the part that has been entrusted to you. Today's psalm is Psalm 98. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. The psalms are 150, and in the Eastern churches, there's a few more. The psalms were written over a period of about 500 years, according to scholars, and there are a number of different kinds of psalms. There are psalms of praise, of thanksgiving. There are some that are related to royal rituals. And there are some that are lamentations. Some of them are for a single person. Some of them are for a community that is lamenting. And there are some wisdom psalms as well. And because we are in the Easter season, we are enjoying all the psalms about praise. So today, again, we hear sing a new song to the Lord for he has done wondrous deeds. So are, are you singing today? Are you singing to the Lord? Am I singing? Singing connects to a different part of the brain. When my grandma's mind was failing because of her dementia, singing songs to her would bring her back to the present. And we had a number of songs that she enjoyed. I would bring out my guitar. When she was in rehab, I would even bring it there and all the patients would come and sing with us. And it was joyful. I would sing some in Spanish because she spoke Spanish, some in English because her, my grandpa, her husband was American. And some part of her brain became activated that I would be able to reach her and bring her to the present. There is a beautiful song that she loved about Madrid. Madrid, Madrid, Madrid. And um, that's the last song that I sang to her. And there would always be some kind of response. But the last time that I was singing it to her, there, there wasn't. And uh, I was able to sing it to her after she had passed away as well. And then we sang it together in the very small vigil that we were able to host because of the pandemic. And only nine of us were able to um, be there as our fierce priest came and blessed uh, my grandmother's body. And we were able to sing that song to her as our parting song. So this song will remain for us 
a remembrance of this moment of transition. As we even wait for the funeral to be able to take place, we have not been able to gather as a community with my mother or anybody in my family to hug each other. We attended that vigil, but we didn't even hug each other. We were six feet apart. So that song was an important song for us. It was something that connected us, that joined us, that um, joined us to my grandmother, to the memory of all the times we sang together. So sing to the Lord, sing in the middle of the pandemic. Find a song today that elevates the vibration of your moment. If you are feeling anxious, find a song and sing. It connects to a new part of the brain. If you are depressed, sing. Our job is to find a way to go from the emotion that we're feeling to another one that we choose to develop a conscious path for where, from where our, our brain goes to where we want it to live. So this requires practice just like we do at the gym. Avoiding emotions is not enough guidance or instruction because we don't know what that means. But finding tools that help us consciously choose our emotions is what this podcast is really all about. And it requires practice like, again, we would have at the gym. If you want to develop your biceps, there's going to be some exercises that are going to develop the, bi the biceps. If you want to develop your leg muscles, you're going to have to do certain exercises. The same thing for our emotions. If we are feeling an emotion that is draining our energy, let us find tools to move from there to another emotion. And in the pandemic, there are such intense emotions Uncertainty will bring that. It will bring fear. We hear in the Bible over and over, be not afraid. I say that out loud to myself, be not afraid, because these are Jesus's words and they are powerful because they're his words. They also stop a state of mind. So sing, sing loud today. Find your song. The gospel today is John 16, and it's just a few verses, 16 through 20. Jesus says, ah, a little while and you will no longer see me. What wondrous patience he has. What meticulous preparation as he prepares the disciples for his departure. He says, and again, a little while later, you will see me. So it's almost like, you will not see me, then you will see me. It's almost like a game of peekaboo. Uh, he's talking with such simple words. And we have grown accustomed to the idea of the resurrection, but if we place ourselves with the disciples, we can only imagine how confused they must have been with these two simple sentences. You will not see me, you will see me. This form of speaking paradoxically is also Jesus's way to open our hearts and minds and to speak like a child would speak so he can focus our attention. And the response is, the apostles are puzzled. They're talking amongst themselves. What is this little while of which he's speaking, they say. We can imagine that they're whispering inside conversations. Did you, did you get that, James? What does he mean by a little while, uh, Thomas? They, they are talking and they've heard him for three years and they're still pondering. I've said this a few times in the episodes of Easter that 
this gives me such great encouragement that these people walking with him have such fundamental questions. It's okay for you and me to have fundamental questions. In fact, God enjoys that we have fundamental questions. We have questions in community like they did. Ponder together how the Lord speaks to us, what clarifications we need, what encouragement we need as we follow. The scripture continues, Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. They're talking amongst themselves because they're wondering, are we supposed to know this? We, we don't want to appear stupid here. We can only wonder what their mental chatter sounded like by being witnesses to our own chatter. What do you say to yourself when you hear today's word of the Lord? Jesus knows that you have questions. Ask them. Jesus, in fact, comes in the scripture and says, are you discussing what I said? He's asking that of me and you. We are discussing what he said here together. Amen, amen, I say to you, you'll weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You'll grieve, but your grief will become joy. All throughout our lives, we will have joy and grief. And grief, these are emotional states which will swing up and down. And what is the purpose of our emotions? There is a natural instinctive reaction that comes to certain circumstances. And it's sort of instinctive, a feeling that just comes up and it has a physical reaction, a mental reaction, and then it has a response. It's almost like three parts to it. So when we become conscious of the emotion that we are having, and Jesus is inviting these emotions, you're going to weep, you're going to mourn, and then that is going to turn into joy. We have a choice about this because when Jesus is saying these words, he's inviting us to feel our feelings. He felt his feelings freely. He wept in front of the tomb of Lazarus, even though he knew he was going to resurrect him. And yet in the moment, which is Jesus's mastery, he stays in the now with you and me. He wept. So how do we use these emergency emotions that show up for us to funnel the energy they contain for us to elevate our mission to a new platform where these emotions do not get the best of us, but we guide them. We guide them to a place of an emotion that we choose. Find a way today to sing songs if you are feeling down as a way to elevate yourself to a place of joy. For us, the joy is that Jesus died, so the apostles mourned that they saw a torturous death of a man who was only goodness and truth and joy and kindness and compassion and healing, and they saw him tortured. They mourned and grieved, but their grief was turned into joy because he resurrected and his resurrection is our hope. Today, you can hear my girls in the kitchen. They're making juices. I couldn't get away from them. I got into the study when they were in class since we have school still in their bedrooms with a lockdown from the pandemic. So welcome to my world.